birthday card. Happy feeding, we're not in Kansas anymore. Wish I knew how Queens is it? I'm gay. You can't love yourself. How in the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen out of it? Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Gay card revoked. Hi, I'm Robbie Roselle. My pronouns are he, him. My name is Rob Schneider. My pronouns are he, him. Hello, Robbie. Welcome to Hi. Gay Card Revoked. And we're very excited because why, what are we? what's happening today? What's happening oh. the day we are recording? Uh, today, friends, he is gone. He's been scrubbed from Washington, D.C. and from Twitter. And Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have been installed. It's a beautiful new day. Today was the inauguration. Did you watch? Did you watch live? You know what? I was up in the air. I was up in the air. I was flying back from Los Angeles, so I, sure. I missed it. But I will say, as I flew over the United States while dawn was breaking, I was like, it is a new day in America. It is morning in America. It's, so I am yes, so, truly. I was so excited. But yeah, before we got on the air, I went back and I watched what I missed, and I cried. I cried seeing all the, the former all leaders it. coming down the stairs, First of all, mm. Hillary Clinton, Queen, Michelle Obama, uh, Queen. Queen. And in that purple, are you kidding me? That I know, belt? Uh. I, I know we all hate George Bush, but I have to say his physical comedy is always on par at these events. I'm so sorry. I also he, enjoy watching him and Michelle like just fist bump. Where is that buddy comedy? That is the weirdest. Yes, lifetime. Are you listening? <laughs> George, George and Michelle take the world. I don't Come know. On. ABC Family Freeform. I don't know what you're called anymore. What? Oh my gosh, that's a brilliant idea. What if there's like a complex for like old, like former presidents and like oh, some yes. and like they, they're next door neighbors? Yes. Oh, I'm in. I'm fully like it's it's like the actors' home, but it's only the six live presidents. Yeah, I would absolutely I watch that in a heartbeat. In it a heartbeat. Just, it was so beautiful to see dignity. Yes. And uh, compassion, yes, and empathy restored. It, um, it would, yes, and also to watch Lady Gaga in that wearing that bird, like she's on yeah. the Hunger Games. <laughs> she's, she's volunteering, and she's then J Lo. Ah, where's that Bye Bye Birdie live NBC? Because she on was it. spectacular. She was so good. It was you're right, but it was just a beautiful, wonderful yeah. day. Um, Truly. And I think cried, today, cried a lot. I oh my! I wept like a baby, but mm -hmm. I'm about to weep tears of laughter because uh, we're talking about one of the the greatest gay totems, especially I think for our generation, from on. the 1990s. Yeah. It is CBS's The Nanny. She was working in a bridal shop in Flushing Queens till her I, boyfriend kicked her out in one of those crushing scenes. Okay, I'm done. What was she to do? Just Liz Calloway. She was out on harmonies. her penny. <laughs> My favorite part of the theme song is uh, the fact that oh. such joie de vie is yeah. thrown in there like it's a Cole Porter song. Yeah. Because when Cole couldn't find a rhyme for something, he would switch to another language. And Hampton Calloway did the same thing. And so, okay, so let, let's, first of all, did you know that the pilot had a totally different theme song? Yeah, it sure and, did. And Showtune folks, do you know what that theme song was? 
If they could see me now, that little gang of mine. Also sung by Anne Hapton Calloway. Fossey, drinking fancy wine. She's like, not eating Bobby Fossey, Mr. Roy. I feel like she, I I feel like she, she is. is. <laughs> She's not. <gasps> when Burton, Sweeney, and Mrs. Lovett would have been fascinating. <laughs> Can I hear a little bit, please, if you've got it in you? Bobby, um, wait, watch your rush, watch your hurry. You gave me such a fright. I thought you was a ghost. Half a minute, can't you say? But you know that all I meant is that I haven't seen a customer for weeks. Did you come here for some bossy? I that picture was, that was belted too much. I picture her wearing a derby, still yes, in the, the Mrs. Lovett outfit with a yep. derby, but she, doing but, like but like the 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 pigtails are, are sticking the, out of the derby. Yes. Great. Make, <laughs> make that make that happen, folks. Make that right. happen. Why the so, fuck not? Originally, yeah, originally sung by Anne Hampton Calloway, and then they were like, "You're gonna write a song for us," and she came up with one of the greatest TV theme songs. Honestly, I think I, I'm gonna say the greatest TV theme song of all time. Oh, oh, over thank you for being a friend over yes. over where everybody because, knows your name because it's written specifically for this and sets up the plot mm, sure. you don't have to see any other episode of the nanny it's all set up in the plot the entire setup yeah. is in that 45 to 60 seconds and brilliantly conceived and then also like the the being a cartoon on top of it um, oh, the the animation of it. Yeah, you, you're, mm -hmm. the, the, you're right. It sets up the entire show for you. The the joy yeah. of the show, and then this crazy visual style for the show, which is bold, colorful, anything goes. I will say, okay, if you want to put the nanny first as a theme song, I'm gonna tell mm -hmm. you know what my second's gonna be. What? The Mary Tyler Moore Show theme song. Oh yeah, that's excellent. Uh, which which version though? Season one, or season two oh, through seven. Oh, season two through seven. Yeah. I don't need that weird kind of creepy <laughs> instrumental. There's smile. Right. I, I want to be celebrated. I also celebrated. enjoy Alice. Early to rise. Right. Early to bed. Yeah, yeah, to get up. When when I'm obsessed. Town. Thank this you. This is folks. all going to be cut, but I, uh, I, no, girl. no, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, you know, folks, because Robbie and I just enjoy each other so much. There's a lot of stuff that we end up cutting because we're like, oh, no one else is going to find this funny. But I think you all need to hear theme songs. In fact, you know what I'm going to do right now? Uh, I'm going to edit in the nanny theme song so we can all take a listen to it. Yes. And it's going to go right here. She was working in a bridal shop in Flushing, Queens Till her boyfriend kicked her out in one of those crushing scenes What was she to do? Where was she to go? She was out on her fanny So over the bridge from Flushing to the Sheffield's door She was there to sell makeup, but the father saw more She had style, she had flair, she was there That's how she became the nanny Who would have guessed that the girl we described Was just exactly what the doctor prescribed Now the father finds her beguiling Watch out, CC How is that? It's so per it's so perfect. Come on. Once again, folks, if you've never seen the nanny, come out from under your rock and right. and and go watch this amazing, amazing show. It started in 1993. It starred the great Fran Drescher. Mm -hmm. who is one of the funniest television comedians of all time. I will absolutely put her in the same category as Lucy, Carol Burnett, Tina Fey. I will absolutely, and 
countless others. I will totally put her in that category. Um, she plays a, uh, a woman who works at a bridal shop in Flushing, Queens. Like you said, listen to the whole theme song. It tells you the whole story. Yeah. The whole um, story. The, her engagement breaks up. Uh, she gets fired from the shop. She decides that she's going to try to sell cosmetics. She shows up. Uh, to the Sheffield house, Maxwell Sheffield, who's this very rich, wealthy Broadway producer. He's a widower, a handsome widower, by the way. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about Daddy Charles Shaughnessy. From England. From England with a brilliant British accent. He's got three precocious children, um, a British butler, a producing partner named Cece Babcock. We'll talk about her. Watch out, Cece, because Anne Hampton Watch Calloway out, just threw that. I think maybe just to rhyme with Joie de Vivre. Either way, it's it's the most brilliant lyrical. No, I writing. think Watch Out, Cece was there, and then she was like, fuck, I have to rhyme that. Uh, so so Joie de Vivre. <laughs> Great. Yeah. And you did it brilliantly. Um, long story oh, short, she ends up uh, becoming the live-in nanny for Maxwell's three kids, Niles the butler, who all shade all the time. Niles actually invented shade when he threw the first brick at Stonewall. That episode, I think, was was cut from the seasons. But Niles did throw the first brick at Stonewall, <laughs> um, and we need to we need to remember that legacy. So and like, then and then an appropriate butler, he went in and cleaned up the glass. First of all, when did the nanny fall into your life? I'm in college, and one of my best friends in college is named Kelly Murky. Kelly is the funniest human being I have ever met in my life. Next to you, you guys would love each other. And Am I Ke- even here? You, well, sometimes you are and sometimes you're not. <laughs> uh, so, Ke- so anyway, so Kelly and I are really good friends. And uh, she's like, oh, my boyfriend is coming in to visit me. He goes to American University. He lives in D.C. I was going to school at California Lutheran University. There's a plug. Want to settle and pay a lot of money? Go to California Lutheran University. I was the only gay Jew on campus. They let me out of my cage once a week to take a class uh, when they were done poking me with sticks. And so Kelly's boyfriend is named Ben. And I'm talking to Ben. And I love Ben. And he's, we, all we do is talk about politics. We're both political junkies. And every time Ben comes around, I notice like all the other kids get like really excited. And I was like, yeah, he's a great guy. What's the issue? And I'm like, why is everyone so excited? And they're like, don't you know who he is? And I was like, yeah, he's Kelly's boyfriend. And they're like, no, he was on The Nanny. Benjamin Salisbury played Brighton, the middle child, on The Nanny. And and so anyway, so now we're very good friends. But I have to tell you, like, I usually don't get starstruck. But Ben and Kelly got married. And I get invited to the wedding. And I'm so excited. And I sit down at my table. And who's at the table next to me? Oh, it's the entire cast of The Nanny. I just died. I was like, I am the happiest I have ever been right now. And they were all so funny and so sweet and so charming. And I kept scooting my chair over and over till eventually I was at the table for a little bit. I don't <laughs> think they knew who I was. I just kept saying I was Ann Gilbert who played Yetta and I looked different without the wig. Um, <laughs> never been asked to leave a wedding before. So anyway, so then, then when... I was like, oh, my friend was on it. I should probably pay more attention to it. So then I watched the entire series. Mm-hmm. I binged it. And I was like, this is perfect comedy. Perfect, perfect, perfect comedy. A lot of sitcoms, I feel, sorry if this sounds like a dissertation, but a lot of sitcoms, I feel, once, once you would go, okay, the two main characters, there's sexual tension, they're going to get together. Then there's really nowhere else to go. I think, sorry, Office fans. I'm a huge Office fan, but as soon as Jim and Pam got together, you're kind of like, all right, well, that's all we've been waiting for. What the nanny did so brilliantly was they made it like 
we have more storylines to give you because even though the romance is concluded, it still doesn't take the fish out of water situation away. It's not like she assimilated to this upper class society. I don't disagree with you at all. I think it it was it's it's spectacular in the fact that they managed to keep it fresh every yeah. episode. It's truly written like a like a, a theater farce. Yes, yes. And I don't think that farce is done um, enough in sitcom. Uh, like, the the only good farces that I can think of in sitcom are Frasier, yep. which is fully a farce, and, and The Nanny. Every person in there leaned into it while at the same time having that being grounded and having the the tr- the truth underneath it all. So think every listen, everything is big on the nanny. Everything is big and loud and colorful and larger than life, but it all feels honest. They have created a unique world mm-hmm. and they never deviate from that world and they never wink at that world or ever talk down to that world. It is it is a world full of joy it is a world full of color it is a world full of celebration one of the things i find so interesting about the nanny is i think that you can take a look at any episode and not having seen any other episode and have a totally satisfying experience watching that episode and i feel there's only one other television show that does that and that's i love lucy but there's something about both fran drescher and lucille ball that is timeless the comedy is timeless the situations are timeless even though it feels very 90s, I think there's so, there's no episode that's really rooted in the, that particular time period. So I think it's going to be universal many years after we've left this earth, both her and Lucy. So um, Old Lucy, not young Lucy. <laughs> we cut this out of the last episode, and <laughs> I, I feel like Are I just you doing to, your old Lucy. Well, I you did such a good job. I'd like to I'd like to bring it up. So, folks, we cut this out of the last episode. I'm including it in this episode because it's very important. Hmm. I'm a huge Lucille Ball fan. That's true. I really love older Lucy. Not so. I mean, I love younger Lucy, but I love older Lucy. Where like the smoker's voice has really kicked in. Uh, uh, she she won't memorize anything. She reads everything off of cue cards. Cue cards are my friends. So I have a game that I've come up with, and I taught it to Robbie on a last episode, and he was brilliant. We had to cut it for time. So I wanted to revisit it. And here's the game, folks. You can play along at home with the kids. Um, it's, it's Lucille Ball. We're going to imagine that she's still alive. It's old Lucy. But she's at home, and she's going through Christmas gifts. And uh, the goal, the game is you get your Christmas gift and you're shocked like Lucy, surprised, you're touched, you can be whatever you want. And you go, oh, a random gift here. It's like Mad Libs sent to me by random celebrity here. Oh, there you do a compliment to them right there. So I'm going to lead it off and then I'm going to throw it to Robbie because Robbie does this really brilliantly. Um, And he's had time to practice since the last time I taught this to him. So it's Christmas morning. 2021, Lucy's still alive. She's getting her gifts, and she goes, uh, Oh, a set of macrame coasters from Brian Baumgartner. Oh, he's funny. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's mine. Robbie, would you like to, to share one? Oh, a set of nesting mixing bowls from Tom Skerritt. He's stocky. That was great. (laughs) 
Okay, now just it should be it should be the most obscure item, the most obscure human, and then a compliment question mark. Oh, okay. Well, because well, well, we're doing the nanny, so here we go. Um, yeah, great. Let me try this. Uh huh. Okay. <clears throat> oh, a pair of reading glasses from CVS sent to me by the nanny's Madeline Zima. Oh, she makes alcoholic beverages? Oh, a dream catcher sent to me by the good wife's Zach Grenier. Oh, <laughs> cuts for time. <laughs> he's feisty. Yes, he's like, like a, a, Questionable compliment is what I think is like what it should be. Oh, he's feisty. Yeah. 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 Oh, he, oh, questionable. Um, oh, he's solid. Yes, exactly. The programs are easy to read. Oh, okay. okay. The seats were comfortable. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The lighting, that kind, you know what I mean? So, but about a person. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, oh, a universal remote sent to me by John Cryer. He's diminutive. <laughs> yes, perfect. So let's so let's talk about the nanny. So let's, if we can, let's talk about the fantastic relationship between Mr. Sheffield mm-hmm. and Miss Fine. They have a chemistry that is, I think is rare. Yeah. Um, on TV. And it's sort of, it, it's like um, Sybil Shepard and Bruce Willis, right? That that except like, it, crackling chemistry. Yes, except Charles Shaughnessy and Fran Drescher liked one another. They, they so. get along. And you can tell because uh, this past year they, they did a reading of the, uh, the pilot again. They yes. brought everybody back. And it's still, it's still wonderful and warm. Like you can tell that was a happy set of a very happy family. Ben was saying, and I've heard this from other people that were on the set, that it was just this welcoming, warm, mm-hmm. joyous set where everyone felt welcome to play. And I think you can tell that by the, the number of big guest stars they were getting. So many guest stars. Elizabeth Still, Taylor. Listen. Roseanne. When, she, when we liked Roseanne. Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. Uh, Billy Ray, Ray Cyrus. Ray e. Charles. Gourmet, Bette Midler. Bette Midler. Sally Jesse Raphael. So, <laughs> whatever happened to Sally Jesse Raphael? Well, she did the Rocky Horror Show on Broadway for a couple months. That was 20 years ago. What has she I been know. up to, though? Oh, well, she shows up on Drag Race every so often. As a character or like really Sally Jesse Raphael? Like as really Sally Jesse Raphael. I liked her. She was a feisty. Mm-hmm. Eartha feisty. Kitt showed up on an episode. Eartha Kitt, Steve <laughs> Lawrence. Lamb Chop. Lamb Ch- I have a story about Steve Lamb Chop. Do you want to hear a story Lawrence. about Lamb Chop? Oh, yes, please. So anytime um, somebody flew Sherry Lewis somewhere um, uh, for like a television show or anything, they had to pay for two first class seats, one for her and one for Lamb Chop. She would put Lamb Chop in a seat and buckle him in. Absolutely not. Or her in. I don't know what what Lamb Chop was. They would buckle in their seatbelt. And... (laughs) networks were going crazy they, they said why do we have to keep paying a thousand dollars for a first class seat for a sock puppet and she said because if kids see me on the flight and i'm not with lamb chop 
they're going to get concerned. I great. <laughs> I, I I think she just wanted a place to put her bag. Probably. That's Listen, it. everybody, everybody who was anybody showed up on this show. Marvin Hamlish. I feel who, like. Do you remember who Marvin Hamlish played on the nanny? A, a music school teacher who was a Marvin Hamlish lookalike. Yes, which is just genius. <laughs> just, I, it's, not, it's not Marvin Hamlish. It's just uh, Marvin Hamlish lookalike. And also Lainey Kazan. Lainey Kazan. Oh, not stealing anything. Not <laughs> stealing a ham. You know, folks, if you don't know what we're talking about, Mr. Rizal will enlighten you. Mr. Rizal, would you please tell us the Lainey Kazan stealing a ham story? Here's what it was. Are you ready? Oh, give me the list. $180 worth of groceries, including cleaning supplies, tomatoes, some jello, uncured pepperoni, and a hot rotisserie chicken. I'm really proud of her because now she's making money the old-fashioned way. She has her OnlyFans. Okay. OnlyFans.com slash Lainey Kazan, um, where she sings songs from Funny Girl Naked. And I couldn't be happier. What a gift for you. And just confirming the fact that my sexuality is of the male preference. Oh, one hundo. A hundo B, as the kids say. (laughs) Yes. And why, why, why is this a perfect pilot, if not the most perfect pilot in television? I'll tell you exactly where they captured me. She meets Niles the butler, and he says something catty, and she goes, don't start with me, Niles. And I was in. Uh, It's the writing. The writing is a high caliber, and it's written, uh, we should say, by her um, uh, ex-husband. Peter Mark Jacobson. Thank you. Uh, Along with some other people, but he and she created the show together, um, and he, they later divorced because he came out of the closet. Yes, which she then made into another sitcom. Called Life with Fran? Happily Divorced. Oh, Happily Divorced, right. And, did not uh, last. Did not, no, it did not last, unfortunately. It was cute. It was mm-hmm. cute. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, just didn't have the same appeal as The Nanny. But a lot of people from The Nanny kept showing up. Yeah. In, in Happily Divorced, and that's where... And then, remember, she had a talk show for a while afterwards. Wait, did she really? Yeah. That fr- I do not remember. Yeah, I, I don't think it lasted very long. I don't think it that's lasted very long. fascinating. I have to tell you, I loved her on Broadway in Cinderella. Okay, so the, the whole show has a very queer sensibility to it. It does. How do you think... What is it that you think is the... the um, the queerness of the nanny. I think one of the things I find really appealing about this show is the fact that here is a woman who lives life in a totally contrasting way to what society wants her or how society wants her to lead her life. She is loud. She is brash. She's filled with warmth. She's filled with kindness, but she marches to the beat of her own drummer. And either she is oblivious to how society wants her to change her ways, Mm -hmm. or she is aware of how society wants her to change her ways. And she goes, I just don't care. This is who I am. Take me or leave me. And so for me, that's one of the things that really resonated with me as a young queer guy watching the show, which was watching someone who not only could march to the beat of their own drummer, but who used humor as a way of deflecting any situation. And someone who, no matter what was being thrown at her, just kindness mm-hmm. just kindness how about for you there's something about the writing of it that feels innately queer 
I, I would love to know how many gay people were on, in the writing room of The Nanny because wow. it feels very, very like camp and arch. Again, there's that honesty and truthfulness that's in it, but it feels like um, gay people are putting words into these humans' mouths. I Yes, and so you, so you feel like that even though it's about a heteronormative coupling, mm-hmm. a couple of heteronormative couplings, yeah. it still has that gay bent to it. Okay, oh, yeah. so so we have we have that coming through. We have this idea of living your life, being who mm-hmm. you are. Now let's talk about the secondary couple in this show, which is sort of the Fred and Ethel, um, you know, Max von Detweiler, Baroness yeah. Elsa. If we're going sound of music style, and that's Niles the Butler mm-hmm. and Cece Babcock, uh, Maxwell's producing partner, but also Niles's arch nemesis. You almost assume, like Mr. Humphreys on Are You Being Served, that he's gay. It's never spoken of. It's just fact, and they don't blink. Right, which is why when years into this thing. Uh, I want to say like three or four seasons in, this rivalry is suddenly, oh, we're in love. I'm assuming from a writer's point of view, it's being done because now that they know that Maxwell and Fran's relationship is wrapping up, they need a will they, won't they type sexual chemistry to the show that's now going to not be there anymore. And so that's where that sort of went off to. It's very much like Sam and Diane and Cheers. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, the two the two people yeah. that consistently bicker and then they end up falling in love. I also think there's a queer sensibility to the whole thing because Maxwell Sheffield is a theater producer. That helps. That helps us as opposed to like being a movie producer or a novelist mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, whose whose arch nemesis is Andrew Lloyd Webber, which is so smart to make him a theatrical producer because then it sort of justifies the theatricality of the show. Mm-hmm. If he had had another profession. It would. I don't think it would have worked as well if he was this great writer or if he was a great, you know, chef. I just don't think it has that same theatrical quality to it. Yeah. I also think it's a super queer show in like the obsession of Barbara Streisand, which is wild. I freaking love Val. Well, why we have not talked about Val, who not the brightest bulb, but is there in spirit and enthusiasm. Um, and I don't know if you noticed this. Did you notice in the show that sometimes Val would be wearing dresses that Fran wore in earlier seasons? So it was like Fran would give her her hand-me-downs? No, I didn't. Yeah, it's pretty brilliantly done. I mean, we're going to talk about the fashion a little bit later on. Oh, in the episode. yeah, we are. But mm-hmm. some of these choices are, you know, chef's kiss brilliant. Yeah. Especially whoever chose Renee Taylor's outfits as as Sylvia Fine. You deserve every award ever. She and and also the fact that Renee Taylor was like, yeah, I'll totally wear that. She didn't care. And she'll be like, yes, please hand me a, a chicken wing to gnaw on while I'm delivering lines. She eats in every episode, nay, every scene. Every scene. It never stops being funny. Did you know that mm-hmm. her doctor um, Renee Taylor's actual doctor was like, you can't, you, you've literally put on 50 pounds since you started this show. You can't. <laughs> she sent a note to CBS being like, you're going to kill her. She can't keep eating all the time. So if you notice in later seasons, she's like snacking on a carrot here and there. Sure. Sure. Because <laughs> he's Instead like, of the Malamar. <laughs> oh, the Malamars. I, she, Renee Taylor, 
to me is one of the funniest actresses who's mm-hmm. ever lived. And if you watch the Nanny Pilot reunion, um, mm. stick around to the end because everyone's like, goodbye, goodbye. And she doesn't realize that they're ending. And she goes, Fran, you like the shirt I got? <laughs> she goes, I got it in Florida. Yeah. And, and they, can, it's oh, the best blooper. It's the best blooper. It is. And you can, but you can sense the love. You can sense yeah, the love. And the warmth. The whole cast, like truly from top to bottom, Fran Drescher, Charles Shaughnessy, Daniel And from Davis. top to bottom, we really mean from Maxwell to Niles. Right. So we all mm, clear I, idea of that. See, and I wonder if like Niles was in love with Max Shetfield. There's a whole gay backstory I gave this thing until he and Cece suddenly became a thing. We didn't even talk about the fact that... What if... Hey, I have an idea. Yeah. What if he is gay? Mm-hmm. What if Cece has a gay brother and they get together and now Cece is like, oh my God, he's part of the family. <laughs> yes, great. great. Sold. So folks, okay, let me get my time machine out. Let me go back and fix it. Well, you know, maybe that's the reboot. That's, you know, that's the reboot. And while we're in my time machine, I'd also like to go back and give Fred and Ricky at least one, like, you know, handjob scene in an episode of I Love Lucy. It it just, it just feels like it needs to, like, like somehow Fred takes Ricky to the Eagle. They're from vaudeville, Rick. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You ever see the popcorn trick? Oh my God. Also, like, but what I was saying is, like, sorry, yes. Fran also had love interests through the show uh, before she got together with Max, finally, like John Stewart. John Stewart was one of her ex boyfriends, yes. yes, who was so handsome. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just go back a little bit. Right. We, we talked about that Niles is the king of shade, or the queen of shade, as we're gonna mm-hmm. say. Do you have a favorite? Niles shade moment. I don't have a favorite one because they're all chef's kiss. All every single one. But one of my favorites is CC goes, you know, this is a, this isn't a typical night. And Niles goes, Yes, you're not home alone sitting on your foot massager watching sisters. But he doesn't say he doesn't say sitting at your foot massager, he goes, sitting on your foot yep. massager. Or or she goes, I bet my reputation on it. And he goes, sorry, there's a five dollar minimum. <laughs> I just oh wait a minute one what can I give you one more CC Niles and makes, makes yes laugh. please she's <laughs> she's talking to somebody she goes I want to clean my carpets in my apartment but I'm I'm having so much trouble finding a kennel and Niles goes oh treat yourself to a hotel <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's so good it's so good Friends, I love the nanny. And actually, you know who else loves the nanny is our guest today. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Yes, I would love to introduce our guest. So, friends, if you are a fan of the nanny, you need to be following, I think, what is probably next to you, Robbie, of course, the greatest Instagram (laughs) content that's out there. Once again, you can follow Robbie at Diva Robbie at Instagram for some great memes. This is better. This, this is far this, better. This is better. This uh, this is the uh, Fran Fine fashion database or database, depending on how sophisticated you want to be. The Fran Fine fashion database. And folks, if you click into our description, uh, you can click the link and you can see this amazing, amazing uh, 
and it's also a website as well. We're going to talk about the website as well. Mm-hmm. But um, this brilliant individual named Eva, who we, we are lucky enough to have with us today, has curated some of the greatest fashions that Fran Drescher wore on the show, as well as places that you can purchase them. So it's not only a celebration of uh, Fran Drescher's work, but also the brilliant designers who did everything possible to bring the nanny character so vividly to life. Um, A celebration of the 1990s, really, in terms of, of fashion sense. So joining us today is the one, the only, Eva. Eva, how are you today? I'm good, I'm great. So where did the idea come to curate all of the fashions for her. So there's, well, first there's lots of um, other characters than me. There's uh, Brenda Cooper, who has an Instagram and a website. She's the designer. Uh, what Friend War is another Instagram that has been IDing the outfit. She had a blog uh, for years. And my friend, uh, Anna, has an Instagram called Collecting the Nanny. And she's collecting the clothes since 2009. She has... I think right now around 300 pieces of clothing that uh, appear in the show. Oh my God. Wow. So when I was a kid, I was taking pictures of my TV as a kid. Every time uh, Fran would appear with a new outfit and I had them developed and I had them in a little book and I kept, I kept those. And as the internet came, uh, I got the DVD. I started doing some research. I always wanted to do a catalog. So I had that on my computer, but kind of just for myself. And it wasn't interactive. And I always had in my mind that someday I'm going to have lots of times and I'm just going to sit down and make a website of it. So you can search in a way that's interactive by designer, by episode. And so when quarantine sure. started, I decided to do this because I knew I was going to have time. What was it that drew you to the nanny? At first, because I realized, I can't deny that everybody, it does something to us. And it does something to so many different people and it, it does different things. And so I looked at it from a very feminist aspect at first. There's something with Fran about, it was not, that's not how you saw a woman when I was a kid because she was outraging and she had miniskirt and heels and she was kind of tacky and and loud and but there was never any any space for any machismo around her it just never happened and I think as a young kid that was like the most beautiful representation of a woman as I was seeing on tv it was just brilliant so because we are a queer-based podcast uh do you get a lot of uh messages from the queer community about what you guys are doing over at the Fran Find database a ton People that do drag and they send me their picture and it's the best thing. And so they're really interested in the clothes because sometimes Mm -hmm. they want to take it to the next level. Somebody sent me a video where they redid the entire intro wearing the clothes with a fake background. It was marvelous. It's just there's there's this thing with people cosplaying Fran that's pretty incredible. So I get people sending me this. I love this. It's somebody that messaged me and we talked about the relationship between the, the characters. And I've never really been a fan of Maxwell Sheffield. Okay, so weirdly enough, I associate, I, uh, I uh, found myself in Niles when I was uh, a kid. I was Niles. So I was kind of Fran's best friend mm-hmm. uh, in, uh, in, uh, in my scenario. And uh, I always disliked the fact that she ended with Mr. Sheffield because I thought he was really fun and he was kind of a little bit arrogant and macho and... and 
I didn't really like the the mix. And then I, I talked to that man who said, oh, but I married somebody uh, like Maxwell Sheffield. And, uh, and uh, he changed the adjective for me. He wasn't macho. He was overprotective. Mm. He wasn't this, he was that. And so the way he presented this, he was like, if you turn Fran into a man, you have a very stereotypical yet like entertaining to watch gay couple and that's the way he watched the show and I was mind blowing and I was like that makes loads of sense so since then I I like I watched their relationship with a different uh, prism of like depending on on who you are when you watch the show the, the the interrelationship of people are so wide yeah I came I came with with a feminist aspect and a very like female aspect and the female gender there's something to her with like the female gender mm-hmm. but then from the people uh, talking to me about it i realized that the, the the way gender is regarded is is very intense in every character still can't say why the show is such a iconic gay show but it's, i don't think it's just the fashion and it's not just friend russia there's something with the show itself Resume it. She's she's an outsider for the entire show about everything she does. She's, yeah. she's you know she's a she's a working class woman in in the in the in Manhattan with with uh, the, all the rich people and mm-hmm. she's always an outsider and but she's she always on the room she's in for some reason. It was refreshing back then for me. I thought it was for a woman, but I think for everybody that's just uh, kind of not always welcome in a room to just see her and be like yeah that, that's me that's how i should live my life so what does the website have on it uh, that maybe the instagram does not if you go on the website you can search by seasons and then you have a picture of every outfit after the other uh from the first to the last of the show and when you click on the outfit it's not finished so some of them you can't click but the one i've done you click on it and then it, it takes you to um well, basically what designer uh, made the outfit. There's a picture of them that I found online or mostly one that we have. And then you can do it the other way around. You have a designer list and you can click Moschino and then see every time that she wore Moschino and which episode it was in. Do you have a favorite designer of hers? Is there somebody, Is there a specific designer that makes you go, oh, wow, that really is capturing the essence of the character and the essence of what you just discussed? The easiest would say would be a, a Moschino and Todoldum, but they're also the two designers that she wears the most. Yeah, and there's a, there's another one that I really like that's called Gemma Kang. That she's, these are the three designers I search every day. Is there a dress of hers that every time you think of the nanny, you think of this outfit? Is there an iconic so, Fran Fine? Yeah, that's, that's a good... That's a good question. I think my opinion doesn't matter. What I think was it's we all have one. That's the weird thing. Uh, mine is the the fruit dress. Mm. She has a, a dress. It's a mosquito dress with dots and there's fruits on it. And for some reason, when I think about Fran Fine, I, I she wears that dress. But I know from my following that everybody has a different one. How do you think her style or Fran Fine's character's style changed from the beginning of the series towards the end of the series? I don't think it did. Brenda Cooper talks about it way better than I do, but she had a... I don't remember exactly how she said it, but she said there was a pattern. There was a a model. She was wearing a total neck, skirt, uh, tights, she had uh, Brenda Cooper bought the same pair of shoes that she sprayed different colors. 
So it was very, this, oh. this background canva. And then on top of it, she would have a vest, a jacket, hat. She had this thing going on and that uh, carried on all the is way there, from there. Is there any fashion that you see um, on the show that you go, oh, wow, I wish that would come back into vogue in 2021? I think they all have. You know what? I was thinking about that this morning. I was thinking the other way around. I was thinking, is there anything in the show that hasn't gone back in fashion recently? And then I thought, oh. corsets. And were there any other characters on the show that you ever thought about uh, trying to track their fashion as well? You know, like Grandma Yetta or, or her mother that, you know, seemed to love. Gra- Grandma Yetta's outfits I always loved because she always, it was a little jogging suit, right? With the with the, with the fanny pack yeah are, are there anybody else's that you would ever think about trying to track down so i i collect grandmaeda personally great we knew we loved favorite. you Emma. <laughs> what do we love about grandmaeda so much she's a, a very old woman uh version of a, of a 14 years old boy for some reason from the thief <laughs> which is me it's it's i'm i am i'm i'm the mix of a kind of a lost grandmother in New York with a 19 years old boy wearing like very bright uh, sweatpants all the time. So I, I love her style more than anything. But there's four of us in a group chat and we talk uh, to each other every day. And so every, everyone uh, is, uh, is collecting. Nanny has the bigger amount. She's sure. got hundreds. Uh, but it's online and it's a, almost a daily thing for us. I'm, I'm kind of sticking with everybody because I research um, pictures to illustrate the website. So I'm constantly trying to see if something comes out with a better picture or if something comes out, I can, I can tell them, you guys, you need to buy this. So then they can have it sent to me. I can take a very good picture, put it on the website and then they can have it. What's the most expensive dress that either you or the other collectors have purchased? The candy wrapper dress. The candy um, it's, and- it, She wears it. She's with Whoopi Goldberg in that episode. Um, the designer is called Janet Kastenberg. Uh, she has some of her dresses at the MoMA, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I don't wow. think it's even supposed to be warm. It's called wearable art. It was, it was uh, what I paid in Paris uh, in a year for my rent. Okay. So- Okay. That brings up a point. I would love to, because Fran Fine is a nanny, but mm-hmm. yet she can afford like a Dolce & Gabbana and uh, uh, Bob Mackey and the like prior to marrying Mr. Shetfield. Where is that money coming from? My, I, I get this ask daily. Mm-hmm. And my answer is always that it's, it's not real life. So she's not actually wearing Dolce & Gabbana. She's wearing a knockoff of Dolce Gabbana that ah. is happens to be Dolce Gabbana because, sure. but I don't think yeah I think weirdly I think she was supposed to be tacky I think that's her persona she's tacky mm-hmm. but we don't know that she wears Moschino lots of people I wasn't but uh, a few people have told me that they they thought that the the clothes were designed for the show I had always assumed that it was off the rack, that it was just, that it was, I mean, I'm sorry, not off the rack, that it was specific, everyone else was off the rack, but hers were specifically being designed and tailored for her. And this, I mean, just amazing, just absolutely amazing. You know, she's such, Fran Drescher is such an icon. The nanny is such an iconic Mm -hmm. thing for all of us. 
have you seen a lot of drag queens imitate her or try to emulate her in some way? So no, except for Courtney Act on season four of Drag Race. And she did it as her snatch game. And do you remember um, what she wore? What what she's wearing a black uh, a red jacket with leopard and big hair. Leopard. Oh, interesting. Eva, was there a lot of uh heavy print in yeah. in her in her wardrobe? Yeah. Lots of zebra, lots of leopard. I think there's an episode where she literally just wears animal print, except for one striped dress. Mm, mm. Uh, and there would be seven outfits. Six of them are animal print. Oh my gosh. So she was lots, like she was snakes, leopards, tiger, zebra, giraffe. I'm assuming a lot of time for some people, the fashion is supposed to be for comic effect. But when you watch it, do you uh, do you go to the comic effect of, of the, the loud print? Or do you go to what you were saying earlier, which is this is somebody who is so bold and living out loud. It's more, I shouldn't be laughing at, at her because this is who she wants to celebrate as herself, if that makes any sense whatsoever. I think it does. I think if you separate them into different category of what, we, what way are we looking at those clothes, uh, it becomes this thing but it's always a hole you never a comment i get a lot is uh, it looks so much better on her which isn't true i don't think that's how fashion works it's just fashion is this thing that gets offered to you and then you decide to interpret it for some reason she she interpreted it in a way that resonates with everybody uh which might not be the case on a, a 1990s fashion model just kind of walking mm-hmm. straight looking kind of sad and leaving and so there's this thing we because we know it's her I think and that's that's I mean there's so many people that wore the same clothes in other tv shows mm-hmm. at the same time uh and we don't look at it the same way I think her you can't dissociate her persona from the clothes so you always love what she wears anyway because she's so funny and she's so happy and it goes with her so even if it's outrageous even if i don't like the clothes it doesn't really matter let's say that you know they were they were to pick up the television show again in 2021 do you how do you think france fashions would have changed i don't know i i hope to god they don't do they don't have that they don't make that mistake Yes. It's, uh, it's uh, lots of uh, European TV shows say, oh no, we don't do the American way. We don't just give it a 16th season because it's yeah. done. I really like the, there was a, a, the running joke that um, Cardi B was going to play Fran's uh, daughter. <laughs> Having Cardi B wearing her clothes as Fran's fine daughter would be hilarious and would be a, an homage to, uh, but seeing Fran Drescher today, uh, kind of mimicking it. I mean, the entire show would be, would be based on Fran Drescher mimicking her old sure, style. Sure. And it was just, it was just be kind of awkward and, and destroy it. it, it I, I like this to be a timepiece that stays where it is. Well, your, your hobby has become everyone else's obsession. So thank you so much for, for using your time so brilliantly because it's the website. And once again, folks, you can click into our description. You can see the website, you can see the Instagram, please follow this. It's, not only is it beautifully curated, the, the captions and the text are so funny and so celebratory of everything that the nanny is all about. So, Eva, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I hope our paths will cross again soon. 
thank you again like it's not just me i, I get really uh nervous when when i'm i'm just i'm just a nerd i'm i'm just referencing everybody that's doing uh, so much such a great job on on different parts and i'm just putting all of this into one website but i'm i'm just i'm just a nerd there's there's so many when you go to this instagram i try to always refer to all you these do. other people that do so there's there's so much around uh this little niche Amazing. And, and, you know, at the beginning of this, Eva mentioned a bunch of people that are also doing the same thing and we'll put their uh, links in, in the, um, in the info description as well. So that way you can take a look and see all the great work that's going into making Fran Drescher's fashion immortal for all of us. Eva, an absolute pleasure. Please take care of yourself. Stay safe, stay healthy. And thank you for joining us. Thank, thank you so you. much. Okay, that was very amazing. Eva is absolutely fantastic. So once again, folks, you're going to go follow the Fran Fine Fashion database database i would just love to know what the because some of these shirts like some of these jackets were 850 dollars a pop what how, i i live in astoria i i like was she I'm, affording this yes yes it's an i understand that it's like a fantasy-ish like uh sarah jessica parker in sex in the city right but wow what a fantasy because wow these prices she's wearing Mackie. she's wearing dolce and gabbana i'm wearing jeans from old navy i had always assumed that because of where she lived the family knew somebody who found things that fell off a truck mm -hmm. i mean she does say like one of the great lines in the pilot is the younger daughter who says uh 70 off at loman's so they definitely do not shop retail. So maybe she discount shops at, at you know, um, TJ Maxx or Marshalls. The fashion on this thing is just absolutely incredible. So then, Robbie, let me ask you, why is this show, one, still funny 20 years after it went off the air? And why is it something that people in our community gravitate towards? Why, why do I have to see this? Otherwise, my, my gay card will be taken away from me. We on this podcast seem to be drawn a lot to women who own their power. That seems to be an ongoing theme. Would you watch a reboot of The Nanny? I would watch a continuation. I would hope that the continuation would be as strong as Will and Grace. I would not watch a reboot. I would, I would not watch a reboot if they were like, Yeah, I don't know. think The Nanny works without her. Where I think you could reboot Murder, She Wrote with another actress. What makes this brilliant is the chemistry of these performers together. Mm -hmm. And when you take that away, I don't know how special the show is. Yeah, I agree. I don't know how special the show it's, is. It's so perfectly tailored to their talents. Yes. That I would hate to see. I always find it odd because, you know, they did a lot of, and this, this is very common, that they take us sitcoms across the country instead of, I'm sorry, across the country, across the world. Mm -hmm. And instead of revi re replaying the episodes, they'll just refilm the episodes from scratch with a they new did cast. Here. They did a reverse of that with a show called Coupling. Yes. That was a huge yes. hit in, in Britain. They brought the same scripts over here and shot them and it died. I don't know why. They, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's like a Norwegian version of the Golden Girls. Where it's endless. Where it's the same thing and you're like, this is just not. Honestly, I would try both. I would, I would watch the first episode of a reboot just to see. Because I would want to know what they did to my baby. 
I want to see what they because sometimes they can you can reboot and you can go or not reboot a continuation okay. and you're mm-hmm. going, oh boy, we should yeah. have. I mean, listen, I I enjoyed our time at Murphy Brown. Oh yes, but, but as a whole, that season was not good. But I that was a very you know, Robbie and I got the experience to go watch a live uh, taping of the new Murphy Brown. Yeah, um, which Tell I about. Tell our tell our readers about the end of that. The uh, oh wait, where I fucked up, or the guy yes. was like, or the guy was like, don't boo. Oh, which, so first which, of all, which one do you want? I got I got if stories you've ever galore. Been the taping of a television show, um, they uh, they have a, like a guy who like rouses the crowd and keeps because it's a long time the taping. The warm up guy. Yeah. Uh, so this guy's like warming up, but he's like, you like pizza? Everybody's getting pizza. You like pizza? Great. Cut to Faith Ford has a monologue that she cannot get right. No, God help her. No, God bless. Uh, she tried and she was, uh, we saw her like trying to create the quirky Sherwood Forest business and it's not happening. Uh, 17 <laughs> takes. Uh, and it, was, and on a, it was just three sentences. It wasn't even a monologue. She <laughs> it was three sentences. She could not get it. And the one time she got it, Miles came in too early, and we, the odd, the studio audience, turned on him <laughs> vehemently. Yes, we booed. And this guy, <laughs> warm up, uh, Mike or whatever Jersey Mike, whatever his name was, was like, "Don't boo him. Yeah. You don't boo." So the way we got to see it was I'm friends with the guy who directed a lot of the episodes that season. This is great. This is great. And they gave us like a yellow armband. And I was like, oh, maybe that means like we're, we're comped. I don't know. I was like, I don't know what the hell this means. So we all, after the show, taping's over, Robbie and I leave. We had a great time. Um, and we're walking out. We're walking out. And I see somebody like eyeing us. And I'm like, whatever. And we just keep walking out the door. And then the next day, the guy emails me. He's like, hey, he's like, I didn't get to see you at the after party. I hope you had a good time. I did not know we were invited to the after party. And apparently that's what those little armbands or wristbands meant, that we were allowed. We went across the street to a Mexican restaurant sitting outside, and we could have been having a shrimp cocktail with Tyne. We could have not only been having a shrimp cocktail with Tyne, we could have been having a cream puff with Joe Regalbudo. Right. So that's, 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 that's our life. But I've made it up to you. I've given you a podcast. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for this gift. Thank you for this script. Do you know that Grandma Yetta was only 29 years older than Fran Drescher? Oh, world. Hey, I have a little trivia question for you. Talk to me. Do you know what CC stood for in CC Babcock? Oh, fuck. Uh, yes, chastity. Yeah, chastity. Ch- uh, 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 Christian? Close. Chastity Claire. Huxtable. Chastity Claire Huxtable. Okay, so so now we know why you have to watch The Nanny. We hope Just that watch we hope it. you can find it somewhere, folks. It's on every network, like Lifetime, say, Cozy, TV Land. The Nanny YouTube channel has been, like, dropping occasional episodes on YouTube, like full episodes. So, like, there are three or four up there right now, plus the, uh, the reunion. And in the meantime, folks, yeah. please go watch the, the at least the table reading of the script reunion. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, the, of the read-through reunion. Yeah. Getting to see these performers, what, almost 30 years later? Mm-hmm. Doing their, it's, it's really beautiful. It's just really beautiful to see and so wonderful to watch. So, Rob, where, where are we jumping from the nanny? What a great question. I have question. an idea, if I may. I would love to hear your idea. I thought we could jump to the film Jeffrey. 
Oh my God. Yes. The only way I will do this. Okay. Is if we memorize the scene between him and Nathan Lane as the priest. And we, uh, perf- and we perform the scene. Uh, can I just be Deborah Monk doing phone sex with her son? Sure. You can, yes, you can be whoever While you want. While she ices be. a cake? That's hot. That's very hot. You can be whoever you want. And doesn't Christine Baranski show up wearing a cowboy yes. hat? Yes. Yeah, doing a full number. Okay. Je- yes, folks. It's gonna, we're going to stay in the 90s. We're moving to Jeffrey. I, I cannot think of a better idea. Oh, boy, folks, if you've never seen Jeffrey, I cannot wait for you to jump into this because it is such a good movie. It- so, listen, we're thrilled there's a new administration, and we're here in 2021, and we're going to just keep bringing queer things at you every two weeks. Uh, follow us at GRevoked. Uh, like, subscribe, rate. Um, just, you know, give us some love. We deserve it. All right, folks, take care, stay safe, wear a mask.